Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber Buffalo pro sports talk show. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online at BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the final episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD. Joining me for the one for the road, Bold Claim Ben. Woo. And Big Diesel. How we? How we doing? Uh, boys, it's been a run. It has been. It's been a run. Uh, and not of late. It hasn't been a run of late. No, but I will say, you know, uh, with the, the last episode, it's it's the end of an era. It is. You know? It sure is. It is. So uh, some of this is going to be, like, throwback stuff. Some of it's going to be current stuff. I don't know where we're going to go. We're going to find out. So yeah. let's find out. Let's start, let, let's start with some random things. Um, quick on the end of the Bills season. Give me your thoughts. My thoughts on the end of the Bills season was that everybody on the offense outside of 10 and 17 no-showed in the fourth quarter. Um, the defense was who the defense was and has been for the entire existence of the Josh Allen era. And I'm tired. Well, I'll just say this because this comes at the end of the, the Bills season, but, and I've gotten into it on Twitter a little bit recently. I, I cannot stand the conversation around quarterbacks as a whole in the league right now as you have to be able to overcome all deficiencies and all everything, and your team's not allowed to help you. Um, and if you bring up the fact that a guy like Mahomes has an Andy Reid or a Travis Kelsey, you're discrediting him. And it's just so much hypocrisy around the quarterback discussion right now and all this, well, Lamar's got two MVPs and all this stuff. And it's like, can't we just appreciate where the quarterback play is right now? Because everybody was worried about it when Brady, Breeze, Manning, everybody went out and they were like, all right, changing to the guard. Who's going to step up? We've got a great crop, and I'm tired of everybody shitting on every other quarterback besides Pat Mahomes because he's doing something historically unprecedented. I agree. I agree with that. And I, I think the interesting side of that is when you start arguing, got like, you start nitpicking stats, right? Oh, look at look at this guy's playoff stats. Look at like okay, well, look at this guy's playoff stats. Well, yeah, but you know, like they bring out they like to bring up Josh, like the quarterbacks that Josh has beaten right. versus like the quarterbacks that a lot of other people have beaten. And like at some point, like just enjoy the fact that we didn't see an like, and we are we are pretty close to an epic downfall of quarterbacking, right? Like yeah. when you, when you take that top crop from like when we were growing up off the field. You don't know that you're getting Mahomes and Allen and the rest of these guys. I mean, think about the guys who are at the top of the quarterback crop right now, right? All I mean, three of the top six that I can think of were all the counted out, discredited guys. Too many issues, project quarterbacks. Mahomes, Josh, Lamar. Yeah. One of them was going to be a wide receiver. One of them should have changed the tight end. And the other one didn't have a throwing base and couldn't make throws consistently. Right. It's like, okay, well, you know, that – you never know what you're going to get. That's what we've said on this podcast forever, especially when you get to the draft and stuff. It's always a crapshoot. Nobody actually knows. And that's the other part of the quarterback discussion that I hate. It's like, oh, well, you know, he's just never going to get over the hump. And it's like, okay, well, you look at NFL history, like the three that come off the top of the head are real easy. It's Peyton Manning, Steve Young. Oh, shit, who was the third one? Who got over the hump late? Oh, John Elway. Yeah. Late in his career. It's like, oh, it's all going to come together in year seven. It's like, you don't know any more than I do. Right. I also hate the, we have to move on coaching. And I, whether you want to fire him and move on from McDermott or not, but the, no one's ever done it after year five with a quarterback-head coach combo. Who cares? Right, until someone does. Right. No, like, nobody, no team besides Pat Mahomes this year is one with a quarterback contract cap hit of 15% or greater. It's like, I, I don't care. That's the same as in the NHL. When, when, when football games. When Alex Ovechkin was making 12 mil a year, and they were like, oh, Caps can't get over the hump. Caps can't get over the hump. Guess what? He got his fucking Stanley Cup. Yeah. He did. And this is, this is where my issues lie within the Bills. Um, it's time to move on from our safety duo there. Well, I think one of those yeah, is that's an easy answer. answer. Yeah. Um, the and other one's I, an, easier, like, an easy answer, but it's not a clean-cut answer because there's still technically a contract, but... And, like, I don't know, the way I look at it is a lot of the talk on Twitter as well is, is Josh Allen the clutch guy, and it, the statistics obviously prove that he does everything in his power to win football games. But when I really look at any of those games, even regular season games within the past three years, it's consistently our DBs who are lighting us down in the big moments. I disagree with that. 
I, I think a lot of, of a lot of what came from the Leslie Frazier era, and Sean McDermott talked about it, and I think we saw a lot of it this year, and he did a great job mitigating the damage of it, was you have to marry up your secondary with your front four. And the way that McDermott shut teams down this year, and you can say whatever you want about when the defense played well and when they didn't, they were freaking injury riddled throughout the whole year. And when they brought the pressure, they did a really nice job on the back end of covering the concepts that would hurt them. If, you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Rolling the safety down opposite of where the pressure is coming, examples like that. Um, Leslie didn't really do that. Leslie was more of like a straight four-man rush and then throw disguised coverage behind it. Uh, McDermott did a little bit of both with the front and that stunting up front. I, I thought he did a really nice job with that. Um, I agree. I, w- I would have loved to have seen what that defense would have looked like if with, they with all, Yeah, with, I mean, with all the pieces. We, we watched them game one. And I, I know, like, all, all, what happened? Like, what that defense did in Game One of the year on Monday Night Football was, was garbage. And but like, it looked like holy shit, this could be scary. It could be. But I went back. Okay, so part of the the Twitter interaction I had the other day is I went back and I, I watched that Jets highlights and went through the play log, and the defense really did not play well at all. They right. got us one turnover against Zach Wilson, and we got three points out of that. They let up an 88-yard drive off of one of Josh's picks, which is what everybody was clamoring about, that it was a bad pick, it wasn't an arm pump because they went down and scored. They went 88 yards and got a field goal. Right. Like, that is worse than a punt touchback giving up a drive. Correct. So the defense really did jack all in that fucking game. And I, I think... There was, there was definitely hints of what it could be. Yeah, and I think those first two to three weeks, like, you kind of saw what that defense could be. I mean, you know. The, well, and McDermott, I, mean, I still think, was learning what he really had in Bernard and how he could use him. Absolutely. Because later in the year, my God, he, yeah. yeah. Bernard's legit. I love yeah, that. I, I agree. I think that's awesome. Because um, that answers the question. You know, I mean, we, we sat on this show to talk about the history of the show and talked about when you move on from Edmonds, who's the next guy in? Because during his entire run here, people are like, God, there's got to be someone better. There's got to be someone better. Fucking Who? Right. Like, and, and then when guys got hurt, when either Milano went down or Edmonds went down and it was Klein, there's got to be somebody better. Well, I'm sure if there was, he, like, we'd sign him. Yeah. But like that guy, currently not there. And here we have year three. But we also talked what, about... What, fifth round draft pick? Yeah, fourth yeah. round draft pick? Whatever third, he was? Third. Third round Still. draft pick. Pretty high draft pick. But the whole a, point a, is... A day the, two guy. The whole point is, and we talked about it on this podcast plenty of times, you get a guy like that who they said, when they drafted him, had all of the instincts. Wildly instinctual football player. And then he had... He was hurt his first year. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. You get to be around the culture and kind of see what the preparation takes. His second year, you get him on that NFL lifting program, in quotation marks, and all of a sudden, you know, he gets a little bit bigger, faster, stronger, and his instincts can actually lead him to, you know, dominating and not just being a guy. Well, and and he got to sit behind two pretty good players yeah. and learn. Yeah. Weird. It's, it's almost like, you know, development takes some time now, sometimes. I'll say this about how the defense was run this year that I did not like. I did not like them not riding and dying with Dorian Williams. I, I hated the fact that A.J. Klein was constantly on the field. I hated the fact that we had Terrell Dodson constantly on the field. We, I don't care what his PFF grade was. Terrell Dodson, if it wasn't a straight-ahead run right at him, was not making the play. I agree. We, we had Tyler McEvich in that last game against Kansas City. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. it's like, look, it, I, I understand <laughs> that Dorian was a clearly a young player um, and made his mistakes, but I'm riding and dying with those mistakes because he was an athlete who might not have matched up supremely well with Travis Kelsey. But my God, did you watch AJ Klein try to cover him? It was five yards of separation. At, at bare minimum, he may not have matched up well, but he probably matched up better than Klein. That's what I'm saying. And, and it's it, not a knock on Klein. That's just no, not who Klein is. But Klein was also off the couch. Going, he was about to go on vacation. Yeah, had the RV and then had to up. go cover Travis Kelsey in the freaking divisional game. Like, yeah. So, you know, the, I, 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 he's done it for years. The, the McDermott thing of like, you know, rookies got to earn their keep. But my God, man, especially when you're that injured, freaking throw him in there and ride and die. Right. What's the worst that happens? You end up exactly where you did, or you find out you have a fucking stud. Right. Or he gets the reps and develops. Right. Like, and I, me and you talked about it the one, the one day you came over, we did the show, about our like, guys developing late on our defensive line. Like A.J. Epinesa, AJ had Epinesa. Finally, finally had a solid had a, had a really solid year Ed this year. Ed Oliver. And 
but like it wasn't like he didn't have the year like it wasn't a oh my god year but like our guys don't play oh my god snaps right you know? they don't they play 50% and that's, that's kind of how I we I was having this conversation last night uh, at the good old GBP nice um, the old watering hole oh yeah. the shout out to the yeah. green buffalo fucking pub um, but we were having that discussion about Rousseau and how uh, this year upcoming is his year to break out. Maybe he'll actually run his feet through a sack so he can get those numbers yeah. up. Right. Um, but, like, and we were, we, the same conversation that we had a, a couple months ago where it was just like, I'd rather have 30 sacks out of like five plus guys than 30 sacks between like a TJ Watt and a high. T- well, I mean, so and a perfect example of that. I mean, look what happened when Watt went down. That defense from Pittsburgh, which is what kept them in games, took a a steep step back. Yeah, but the point of the point of what I'm saying is like, like when you don't play, when you're not on the field, you're not developing. You only get so far in practice. At some point, you have right. to be put on the field well, to, to make the mistakes. This, game, this is play. this is the conversation that we've had for years, and we finally got a little bit of it with the USFL and the XFL, and now the UFL. But it's like all these guys who are just not getting those reps but could be a good football player. Right. And it's like after college, if you don't have the film, you're never going to get a shot because they don't know. Yeah. And that's why. You need those football reps, one, to develop, one, to get better, and two, so that these teams can see what you can do. Yeah. And And that goes for guys on the NFL roster, too. I mean, we talk about all the time. What's the preseason really relevant for? The third and fourth stringers who are trying to get a job for that year. Yeah. And you wonder why... I mean, the NHL has three, couple, uh, three levels. Three, three levels. The MLB has f- technically five between rookie ball, short A, long A, or short A, advanced A, double A, and triple A. Yeah. So, I, like, and, th- and there are guys who go from double A to the show. There are guys who spend 17 years in triple A with stints in the show. Right. I, like, but there's a reason for it. Because you know who you don't get better against? Me. Like, playing local ball against Jaws doesn't right. get you better to play against fucking Pujols. Right. Like, but that's what they're expecting these guys to do is to play, like, you go from college and all of a sudden you're just, what, romping around a, a semi-pro league with a bunch of fat drunks who played in high school a little bit and want to relive it? Like, right. And that's how you're supposed to get ready if you get, if you get a shot at a tryout somewhere? Like, come on. Yeah, it's not realistic for any of that to happen, which is, you know, that's... And I'm pretty sure the NBA has some type of. They got the G League. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know what it was called. I'm not I'm not a basketball guy. The other that. thing with the G League is that you can be in the G League at like 18, which is like stealing guys from doing uh, college ball, doing the one and done, and just doing one year of G League, and then. Yeah, but there's a similar thing with the with the NHL too. Because NHL you can go play and, yeah. pro hockey overseas. I mean, that's what Austin Matthews did. He did right. the U.S. National Development Program, played a year in Switzerland, and then got drafted first overall. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk about the guys who play juniors in college, sure, but you, there's guys who come from overseas too, and they go from playing one men's professional league there to playing in the AHL, which is a professional hockey league, um, at eighteen, nineteen. You know. Well, and that's I, the one we, thing about football, which is crazy, but the you know. We'll see how that shapes up. I agree. I, you know, and that's one of the things that, like, you – I mean, we all know this. When you go from high school to college, it's a huge jump. When you're 18 playing against guys in their young 20s, those dudes are grown fucking men compared to you. Yeah. Then, yeah. you then you leave college, and you're going up against guys that are 28 with, I don't know, five, six, seven years of a professional programming. Well, here's the thing, Jazz. I never played Division One football, so I, I can't really say that the jump was immense. Right, I, but I, it, they, like it really, it really wasn't. They're, it it they're, wasn't but, that much faster. But it, but there is a jump. Yeah, and that's then that was just D three, and yeah. then you go up to D one, then you go up to prime D one, and then those. Well, I dudes, mean, okay, first of all, yeah, obviously the SEC, which is NFL, AFC South light, but you know, but I mean, that's, come on. But that's what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Like, like you know, the the expectation of those dudes making again the high school to college jump is big, and the college to pro jump is bigger. Yeah, like that. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that like like we we all saw it from a, I get a diminished that. I get standpoint. That, but also, but, but also one of my 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 hot takes is the levels aren't as great as people think they are. People overstate how big the levels are, in my opinion. I don't know about that. I absolutely do. I, it's, I the amount of NFL players I watch who get by on sheer size alone and raw athleticism and no technique. There's a reason why the greatest NFL players are the greatest NFL players because they have that and they're smart enough to actually learn the technique. 
but you can also get by. There's plenty of NFL guys I see who get by on technique and not great athleticism. Right. And my point is, is that, yeah, there's stronger, faster, bigger, but at a certain point, the level is just not as great as you as as the general public perceives it. See, like I I I think it's bigger because if it wasn't that big of a jump, more guys would pan out. No, it's it's the same as any bell curve. The very top percent is going to be the very top percent. Right, but I mean, well, so we're talking about like. But I'm saying there, there's there's the not depth, there's the, not 32 good quarterbacks. If the level wasn't that big, there'd right? Be but more what I'm good saying is, what, like, yeah, no. If the what? No, the point is, is that the very top is the very top, and the the rest is a revolving door. Think about how many great franchise. Like, let's go through any position. How many top tier edge rushers are there in the NFL? Probably five or six. Okay, and then the rest is plug and play and keep getting cheap contracts. And it's the same with like you look at the Patriots right, dynasty with receivers. I get what you're saying about if it, if it wasn't that big, it would pan out. But that's not how it's a business, right? The business but, but is the, just at keep the same time the like, cheaper, like the you, cheaper contracts and the you, cheaper you talent. Get, you get those serviceable guys, but like that list of serviceable guys isn't that big. That's why the door is so revolving. That's why there's so many guys who get one and done contracts. Like that's my point is because it's it's such. I mean, how how many defensive how many di- division one defensive ends are there? A lot. And how many of them ever and, ever And sniffed? how many of them are actual D1 defensive ends and are not just six foot five guys who a coach says, I can develop that? Correct. That's and, my point. Right. But then you That's take, my point. Right. So there's dudes at that level it's that not don't. That be- big of a, it's not that big of a, a skill gap between the general skill of the NFL. At the very top, it's the very top. There's a reason why those guys right. dominate. And, and my point is the general skill of the NFL and the general skill of Division I football is a big jump between the two. Yes. That's my point. It's a big jump, but it's not as big of a jump as everybody thinks it is. I think we're saying the same thing at this point. I don't I'm pretty know. sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure we are. Ben's lost. Yeah, no, I'm lost in the sauce. Well, the, I, we know what <laughs> sauce you're lost in. You, you haven't said a word, and I'm pretty sure I know why. <laughs> Was it because I mentioned that I went to the GVP last night? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you, 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 you probably got a little hungry and had a snack on the way over, didn't you? I don't think that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, I uh, saw something on Twitter today. On my w- Actually, on my way here, my way back to, to the Sawyer Station bench and brew to record with you guys, I saw something on Twitter that there is an article coming out that per Insider Reports, it has been noticed by the NHL and fans that the Sabres are not saluting their fans post-win like all other teams do. Since the Columbus loss. Yeah, I since, don't care. Since the fired Donnie Granato chance. I mean, that's... it's. Going around Twitter today, and it's it's all time soft to be like you can't boo the coach, and then when we boo them, you're like, oh, you can't boo us. Um, we're allowed to voice our displeasure, considering the fact that we're going on thirteen years, thirteen years of losing. I understand that they were on a heater last year with their shooting percentage, but they were on like an all time heater, and instead of falling back to like close to average, they went to an all time low. And look at the fact is when they lose. In the first half of the year, a lot of times they packed it in. Yeah. They packed it in. I mean, the, the fact that Granado, and admittedly, I don't watch a ton of hockey right now because it's not fun to watch the Sabres. And if I'm going to watch hockey, I'm going to watch the, I'm gonna watch our team. But the fact that I'm seeing on Twitter, like, Granado, like, oh, yeah, we just didn't have the fire tonight, didn't have the fight. We, like, okay, well, your job is to either, like, have them have that fight, find dudes who do, or leave. Those are your options as it go. Like, just that, yeah, we just didn't have the fight tonight. Bro, it's like four days in a row you've said that. Yeah. It, <laughs> well, it was 40 games into the year, and he was saying that. That's, it's just like, at, all right, right. At some point, where, where's the fight come from, though? Especially when all offseason, what you heard from them was it's time to take the step and push for playoffs. It, it, Not from us. No. From, which we would have liked it, the, the, but the you general, heard it from them. The general view that I, I see from, like, every game is just, like, sometimes a lack of effort. Or a lack of stick skills. Like, it's either we're being way too fancy with the puck and we're, like, we're feeling good about ourselves and then we're causing turnovers because we're, we're making that extra pass that we don't need to make. Or guys are just not skating to get open. And then... Yeah. There, I, I, I there's, there's, there's so much that, that... Well, I mean, okay, me and Ben got half seasons this year, so we've yeah. seen a lot of the Sabres, not to mention we watch them on TV. But seeing them live, you definitely see a lot of things. 
a lot of our neutral zone play is just three guys standing and one guy slowly moving up. It's not a good way to break in. And then what you have to do is you have to make a read. Do we have momentum coming to the line where I can dump it in and my guy can beat the defenseman to the corner, get the puck so we can actually get it in the offensive zone? Or is every or the defenseman back so that I can carry it in and then we can get into the zone? Well, a lot of times we're doing that little slow creep up, nobody's moving, and we're dumping it in. That's just giving them the puck. Because right. now your guys are going from a dead start dead standstill to having to go get the puck in the corner. By the time they even get there, they can't finish their check because the puck's already gone. It's going the other way. And it's just like, it's constant with that. A lot of just not skating, slow regroup. And that runs over to our power play too. Yeah. And we got to a point uh, last year where like, man, we're one goalie away from making a playoff push. We got the goalie. UPL has developed and he's playing his best hockey He's top five goalie in the league since January. He's got like a nine three nine thirty eight. Like, he's, he's number he's number one in the I saw it this morning. He's number one in the league in expected goals against. Yeah, or whatever had, that uh, stat is. Goals saved above expected. Yeah, yeah yes. he's playing lights out and we've we've got no goal support. He's on average saving almost three goals a game against. Like we should be giving up we've been giving up two, three we should be giving up five or six, yeah. according to the the analytics stats. And it, it's so I I got to watch a little bit of the game last night. We went out, game was on, got yeah. to watch. That was a good game. It, it looked like they were flying, but even even still, you know. So I caught the first that's an like, away game. That's <laughs> an away game. Right. That's an away right. game. That's, that is the biggest knock on them is that when they're on the road, they play with the freaking tails on fire. They want to get they want to get the crowd against them. Yada yada. And it's just like, and th- so the stupid part was, even while it, like I was watching and with little to no basis, I was like, they look like they're moving. They look like the- I'm still seeing guys that like you. Ha- you have a rush. You have you have numbers, and you get the one pass. You have three on two. You got the yeah. one pass. They kind of collapse. You have an open dude who just didn't skate. Right. Like I'm just coasting. I, I, I feel like I felt like I was like like fucking Boomtown from Letterkenny just skate. Like seriously, that's what we do when we're in the stands. I mean. Tage Thompson, people will talk about he's in a funk. Dude, he's standing still so often with the puck. When he goes and just skates the gazelle that he is with his hands. Because he's fucking huge. Right. It's three you take st- one stride and all of a sudden you're I was like say, halfway yeah. down the line. You started our blue line three strides. You're at the top of the circle and the defenseman's like, holy smokes. But so often he's just going back and forth east to west. And it's just, he's not the only one who does it. He's right. just the most noticeable because he's six foot seven and he's having a down year. Part of the down year is he's not moving his feet. I, you know, at some point, tough to move your feet when no one else is either. Ah, that's uh, uh, that's an awful take. I, 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 listen, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I hate it. I don't like that take. I don't. But when I like, if I look around and I'm the only one busting ass, I have two options. Lose my fucking mind or I slow down. Well, Nine times out of ten, the guy slows down. That, I've played on, that, I've played that on some bad teams. That tenth time is Benson. That tenth guy is Benson because he's always moving his yeah. feet. I've played on some bad teams. The way to get the other people out of it is, is it, to not is to do go. either of those. Is to just keep, keep going. going. Yeah. Just keep and make a play. But that's that's uh, we and had listen, that conversation I, last night. Is like we're relying way too much on our young guys to do what the veteran leadership should be doing. Disagree. Disagree one hundred percent. And that's what I said as well. That was Tyler. And you should have let that Tyler off with that. that Tyler, Tyler also Stank. thinks Owen Power can't develop. Tyler's yeah. a goober. Yeah. Tyler, Ty Ty the hockey guy is a bit of a goober. He's a goober. <laughs> how how drunk was he when he said that? Oh yeah, we we were yeah, having get, a time get, yeah, getting yeah, into yeah, one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but like, yeah, it was like, who are you relying on to get a goal? And I was like, I'm putting JJ Paterka on the ice, and he's like, how sad is it that it's a, there's a 20 year old that you're relying if on? I'm like, I'm goal. like, not that much. He was like, and then he was also saying that like, look at all the guys, look at all the the, the successful teams. They have at least. Two or three guys that are getting 30, 40 goals a season and have at least 100 goals in their career, and we only have four guys on our team with 100 career okay. goals. And I'm like, that's not a fair take because so, we got 19 and 20-year-olds on our team. That's true. If I need a goal right now, though, and this is based off of this season, right now who I'm putting on the ice is not the young guys. Right now who I'm putting on the ice is Middlestat, Tuck, and Greenway. Yeah. And I'm putting Darlene and probably Joker at the point. So none of those guys are young guys if I no. need a goal. Now, however, what Donnie does, what Donnie does is he throws Kyle Ocposo out there with Tage Skinner and freaking Joe Schmo and then throws Connor Clifton with freaking Darlene and expects something to go on at the end of the game. 
And it's like, no, it's, he's got to get away. He's got to bite the bullet. Kyle Ocposo is cooked. Zemgus Gergensen's needs to be 4C. Peyton Krebs needs to be in a more offensive I don't even role. know if Zemgus Gergensen belongs on our team at this point. He's I would got take picks four points. from Boston for him, for sure. He's got four points all season, and they're all goals. He has zero assists. That's what I'm saying. He needs to, yeah. We need to bite the bullet and have him play 4C. Yeah. Enough of playing him with Robinson and, and Krebs and acting like that's going to do something. Gergensen's, Robinson, Ocposo. There's your fourth line. There you go. There, they, they, go, uh, Gergensen's, go, go be a plug. Gergensen's and Robinson have speed and physicality. Ocposo's cooked, but he can at least sit in the top of the freaking offensive zone and do something or just slow it down on the wall like he always does. But then you, you got to have the skill in the top nine. You can't be putting Ocposo in the top nine and expect that line to do jack shit. Yeah. I mean, what, we're like three-fourths of the way through the season at this point? Oh, yeah. No, we're done. Yeah. Um, and the, the scary part about it is I, I definitely think Granado's getting fired at the end of the season, so there's going to be changes regardless well, with our roster. My point is, at this point is if we're cooked, which we are, and even if we're not, we're on the borderline of, of being freaking Kentucky fried, um, you either have to pull up a Kulik or Roseanne and say, all right, well, you know, like let's get him NHL time at the end of this year. Let's get him 20 games, right? Um, or and, making a move at the deadline. Or, that was my other point, or we don't have enough spot for all these prospects. We just don't. And you need to either package one or two of them to get us a guy who can help us now, like another tuck, in, you know, like a 26-year-old guy who can help yeah. us. Or you pull up some of the young guys and you, you go, all right, here we go. Like, we we got to do something. We got to inject something different into this lineup. I'm yeah. in. But, but, I, I, but I, like, I, I feel mean, like we've dialed back to two years ago where I'm sitting here like, I just want it to be fun. Like, I want, I, I I want to care to watch the Sabres again. I, I agree with you. But at the same, at the same time, we're, we're getting to the point where it's like you only have 12 – forwards right that you can play in the NHL and you really only have three spots up for grabs in the next two years right so make a move we have so many friggin Noah Oslin Matt Savoy Rosine Kulik like there's four friggin top tier offensive prospects right there well, and and the annoying part about that is, is like I could see us making a move for those, like with those guys involved somehow. They go blossom into something, and even if the Sabers got better and were a playoff team, also be like, oh, we had these guys fucking do right. fucking was, franchise. Like, I, I well, saw something. If you do, damned if you don't. You got to yeah. do something. Absolutely, at this point. you got to make a move. I saw something on Twitter that was, um, it was the Red Wings, the Senators, and the Sabers were all rebuilding at the same time, and they all took a different approach to rebuilding, and they're all kind of stuck in the same area. Yeah. Um, it's because it's not just about building through the draft like we did. It's not just about building through free agency uh, like the uh, Red Wings. It's not just building through trades like the Senators. you got to do all three. Right. I mean, makes sense to me, right? Yeah. There's, there's no science. Like, there's, there's no there's hard systems, science to it, but yeah, there's, there's a way to do it. There's systems made for a reason. The yeah, systems it's, it's, are there so you can build your team. And, yeah, Ben makes a great point. It, you have to be able to do all three. That's how you build a real friggin' hockey team. And, yeah, I mean, look at the teams who have been successful recently. Tampa Bay. They're constantly shipping out their first-round pick for guys who are going to help them now. Whatever picks they, they do have in the draft, they're hitting on, right? And then they're signing free agent depth pieces to help them out in late playoff runs. It's the reason why Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh, been, Colorado. It's, it's the reason why it, Pittsburgh is still in the playoff contention after all these years, and we thought they were going to fall off. It's the same with the Bruins. We thought yep. the Bruins were eventually going to fall off, and they just don't. And the stupid part is, it feels like we were close. It feels like we were close to that. We were like one we, point we, away last season. Well, and we last season we made a move, right? We made a move, got a guy in. Or was that two years ago? My you win a game in November no, yeah, last year. You we win one. You win one game in November. Uh, last year, and all of a sudden, yeah. you're, you're in the playoffs. But I mean, like, I, I meant close to like not just squeak in last year, like, and then no, but to be in a real hockey team. Yeah, to be in yeah. a real hockey team. But yeah, I hope there's uh, what, no matter what the change is, I hope the change is a good change. You know, change for the better, not a lateral move. Which I don't think the last coaching change was a lateral move. I think it did get that better. Was well, yeah, it could only go up from Ralph. Right, but I hope it's another upgrade, and we can hopefully 
at some point talk, in, even if it's just you know shooting the shit in person about watching yeah. hockey. Games One more point on the Sabers, and this is this we me and Ben have talked about this a lot, and this will go a long way to helping them. They do not have an answer for bully ball. They don't have an answer for a team coming in and just mashing them. Right. Our answer is Rasmus Dahlin. That's not a good answer. No. He's not a good answer. He's just not that guy. He's just not that kind of player. We don't have an answer for bully ball. So, you know, you look at teams and and guys who provide that. You're not going to get a Brady or Matthew Kachuk. But a Patrick Maroon, a big guy who stands – another Jordan Greenway, basically. We need a a second Jordan Greenway. Reeves. No, I don't want Reeves. He he doesn't have skill. <laughs> I, I I still want a guy yeah, who can play. Yeah, you, you, a want, you want a guy who can play. What I'm saying is, I want yeah, Tom yeah I want, Tom I want a guy Wilson. who can play top nine minutes for us because he can actually put points up. But has an, we, he's a, one of our answers for bully ball. So that way, when we're we're on the ice, it's not just all right. Well, we got a guy laying on a guy in the corner. Another guy's bitching. Another guy right in front of the net. Our, our and guy, a guy's coming right down the slot untouched. We, we got someone absolutely mugging our 18 year old in the corner yeah. and no molesting doing, our child player. Right. And no one's doing anything about it. Uh, switching gears here, going back to the football. Uh, Super Bowl thoughts. I felt empty. Like honestly, like. Everyone was kind of pissed at the end of the night uh, just because the Chiefs won. But, like, as soon as the 49ers' extra point got blocked, I knew exactly how the game was going to end. They made it within a field goal. They got the field goal. They tied it up. They went to overtime. Chiefs got the ball. Win. I I saw all of it coming. So, by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely feel that on Ben. Um, My thought on the Super Bowl is actually going to go back to the quarterback conversation we started with. And... God forbid a guy on the defense is allowed to go do his job and make a play. Right. Because I'm, I'm so tired of the, the quarterback missed this throw, and it's like, did you not see Chris Jones hitting him as he threw? That six foot six, 300-pound man? Like, the, the discussion around football and the way that people are watching football is driving me nuts because there were some very good parts of that game defensively that just got put on, oh, well, this was a bad call or a bad play by the offense. And it's just like, can we appreciate what these defensive guys are doing? I mean, Fred Warner, there was a couple plays he made on screen plays. That were and unbelievable. Just, and, unbelievable. And the announcers are like, oh, you know, just that's just a bad t- bad call. It's like, no, they brought the heat. Fred Warner just read it and was sitting on it. Like, yeah. that was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's um, pure instinctual play from one of the best middle linebackers in the game. Right, like, and it's just it's going unnoticed. The, the play calling, I think, was the biggest – factor in the, that game like Andy Reid's play calling was flawless that fourth and one triple option yeah to, was like oh okay I we, mean we, we, we got the boys we're, we're gonna run it towards Bosa to make him a non-factor the game winning play was the third option yeah like they just didn't cover the third option so Mahomes took it but they had it wasn't designed to go there. like that's Terrific design offense. Yeah. Yep. And, but if you point that out, it's, oh, well, you're taking away from Mahomes' greatness. No, not at all. But you can't say, like, that's the whole – it's a team frigging game, man. Quarterback it's is the, the most the important biggest position. biggest team game yeah. in Quarterback is the most important position. It's not the only position. And we need to give these other guys some frigging credit on the field. Uh, honestly, I, I thought – Early in the game, I mean, defensive showdown. Both defenses were flying. It was fun to watch. If yeah. you're if you're a football to, fan, yeah, to the casual, it's boring football. Yeah, like to 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 a casual to an NFL fan, like you're casual, like or the, the you know college football Madden fans, like right. whatever. It was boring. I I said there was like these dudes are hauling ass. They were hitting. Yeah. They were they hitting were hard. Fucking, yeah, like I'm. I was shocked. Like. It felt like they're like I'm. I'm waiting for like the unnecessary roughness flags to yep. start flying. And it was like, it was a good well like. It was a boxing match. Like, yeah, I will say this: the NFL needs to figure good. out holding in in the Super Bowl because it was atrocious. Oh, it was awful! It was atrocious. The, the fact that the Chiefs are were the most penalized team for holding specifically all year and just did their third consecutive Super Bowl without a single holding call. It also got was to a awful. point though where the linemen knew they weren't going to get called. They were tackling the defensive yeah. linemen after getting beat. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, well, the, Mahomes is going to do his thing, obviously, because when Nick Bosa and freaking uh, – What's Chase his face Young. inside? No, 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 the uh, uh, Eric Armstead. Yeah. yeah. When those two are winning and just getting mugged from behind so that Mahomes can get away, it's like, well, no shit he's going to make a play. Right. Chase anybody – not anybody would make a play, but, I mean, 
a lot of NFL quarterbacks could make a play if their offensive line could play like that. Yeah, no kidding. Brock Purdy could have made a lot of plays if his offensive line could have done that, but they got called for a holding, and Shanahan and questioned I, and, the ref and, about it and kind of got and, and the, slapped. And the yeah. conversation to the casual ends up being um, with another quarterback in play for the 49ers. The 49ers win that game, and it's just like, no. no. That's not that's not the game that <laughs> you should have watched because that's not no that's not the case. No, listen, I I do I do believe that if they had a better quarterback that they would be a better team, and I think there's a list of guys out there that make them that. But yeah, but defensively, um, yeah, like, it doesn't matter if the it doesn't if, if the refs are going to step in between you yeah. and stopping the best quarterback in the game. Correct. I and that's yeah. that's exactly that, like, where you're going. Like I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. those are two different conversations right. to me. Like right. Um, you know, look, looking through that game, I, I never, ever, ever, ever want to hear another conversation about like McDermott and his game planning when the 49ers apparently didn't know the fucking rules for overtime. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Or the fact that you shouldn't bring zero blitz against Mahomes. Like I just, that's like day, that's like day one's a day one of stop Patrick Mahomes. Don't bring zero blitz. Yeah. I like to sit there and hear at like, even if, okay, so listening to new heights they both both kelsey brothers ranted and raved that they have a guy and their guy is their like rules and like analyst person it's like listen these are the rules yeah this is like and that's their job and they go i'm sure the 49ers have one but when you have guys coming out like kyle juzik's not an idiot right no there was multiple and like multiple guys coming out being like we we didn't know and then did you hear shanahan's defense a week later about Half a week later, yeah. I guess, about like the decision. Well, I didn't hear, but I'm I'm assuming it's something along those like, oh, we we wanted the ball because we wanted to set the tone in overtime or something. No, stupid. we wanted the ball so that way when we got it back, we could win. I did hear that. He like that's he, an all time wanted mental the, like, spin zone. Wanted like the extra at bat, essentially. Yeah, like, that's an all time mental spin zone. You're not getting the ball back, if especially if you kick a field goal. No shit. Like what? Like so, you're so if you're gonna go with that, then you better not kick the field goal, right? Because now you're now you're saying okay, we have to we have to hold them to a field goal. Odds are you're not going to, and you score a touchdown, you better go for two, because that's what they're gonna fucking right. do. Right? Like the, the option, <laughs> like if, if if I'm the team with the ball last, right? If I'm the team that gets the ball second, I'm walking down there going, okay, they scored, they kicked, we Let's scored, get it. we score a touchdown, we're winning or losing right there. Right? Like there's no. Here's your here's your sudden death shot. Yeah, like, no, what? I'm not giving you no, the ball back. I'm taking the sudden yeah, death especially, shot, especially in the Super Bowl. No shit, <laughs> right? Like that's just I, I yeah, that's that's yeah. almost up there with Pete Carroll. We had a great game plan if they ran the ball. Yeah, like uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, and that's, an all time coach that outcoaches himself. <laughs> that happens a lot, man. Yeah. Un, it was unbelievable to hear that. Like it was one thing. Like listen, if that was your plan, you knew the rule. You like you, like, you wanted you planned it. Like we like, are yeah, taking we're gonna the ball. Go get we're the gonna ball. set the fucking tone. We're gonna go get eight and see what they can do. Right, and like, that's that's one thing. If you came out and defended it like that, but then you kick the field goal, and it's like, what are why? Yeah, we're like, gonna get just, the ball back. Just Don't worry. fucking go for it. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my man. god, that's, that's like coaches who punt in OT. It's like you really think you're gonna get the ball back? I'm gonna yet? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a throwback one here. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, for you and your team not knowing and or understanding the overtime rules, oh. you're on the fucking suck list. Wow. That's a that's a real throwback. Yeah, we're I dialing it, it back. I was suckless on my, 2020. I was on my honeymoon wearing nothing but suckless shirts, and so many people loved it that I'm going to keep the suckless going when I do Jaws Talk Sports. Love that. So James. Kyle Shanahan. Owe me soda. No, I don't want a soda. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, suckless 2024. First one. Oh, man. So uh, fun fun hot take here. Not hot take, but the, fir- the first take of this, of this show was... The Bears had just uh, the Khalil Mack traded everything for Khalil Mack. And wow! Yeah. So, and we Taylor and I, T Wave and I, were sitting at the baseball place. This was on video back when we did the video, not just the the audio part of this. And we talked about how that's the move you make when you're one piece away. Like when you when you when you need one guy, and it's just a guy like that guy that just. Brings you home, right? Turns out the Bears needed a little bit more than that. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> Turns out the Raiders also didn't uh, do too much with it. Correct. No. <laughs> the um, duality of man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm intrigued to hear if there's anything currently in sports 
that you guys have a, 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 a premonition about, we'll say. I don't know it's tough. There's not a whole lot going on right now, but I'm going to let you think about it because here's the fun and interesting part of things for me is while you guys think about that, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, um, the PEDs. Yeah, going to get cut. I just had lunch handed to me. Yeah, that's terrific. Hey, what the hell, Ellie? You don't love us? We we are literally the same blood as you. We came out of the same mother. (laughs) Allegedly. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a nice little update since the last episode. Yeah, We're officially family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, officially officially in the fam. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about time. No, no shit. Chop chop on those kids, buddy. A lot of empty rooms in there. <laughs> There's actually not. But <laughs> we uh, yeah. So Jimmy G PEDs probably gonna get cut. Talk about a dude who you know fall from grace. Also, like if if you're taking PEDs and you're getting benched, maybe and you're the NFL, just just let that one slide. <laughs> no, no, no shit. Like, like it's not really affecting that much. You're, yeah, you're take, maybe just let that one slide. Yeah, you're, you're taking PEDs and lost your job. Um, to Aiden O'Connell. I, 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 th- <laughs> I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. That's like uh, I got asked one time in college if I was taking steroids, and I was like, man, if I'm taking steroids, I'm doing it really wrong because I got a fat gut. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of guys that take steroids that have a gut. They're just called powerlifters. Yeah, but yeah. not like the gut I had. That one was like a lot of bush light. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm just heavier right little, now. <laughs> little, little, little bush baby. Got to have a little bush baby, you know what I mean? Uh, so. Speaking of that, though, did you see the, the billionaire who wants to do a steroid, in steroid-fueled Olympics? That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying that for years. That'd be so fun. Yeah, I also want to. What wanna, can man really do? I also want to do like a regular Joe Olympics. Yeah, that'd like, be great. Like, so give me, like, every four years, you mean you have the summer. Hockey, hockey without the NHL players? Men's league hockey? <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I, want, I want the Bar League Olympics. What, what Winter Olympics has literally been. But here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't want it to be, like, you're not allowed to, to do it. I think you guys are getting food. This is terrific. I think you guys are getting food live on. You're the best. This is awesome. You're the best Love sister you. I've ever had. <laughs> She's my only sister. Got little Cinnabons. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Allie's first appearance and last appearance. <laughs> um, no, but like I, I do. I want I want a juicers Olympics because I want to see how freakish the American like, like the not the American but like the human body can be. Yeah, I want the normal Olympics, and then I want the average Joe Olympics. Yeah. and I want it to be like bar league softball, but you're not allowed to play like tournament softball and shit. Just like you signed up for a softball league at some point, and you your name gets picked out of a hat. Nice. Like the like, cauldron of fire. God, I'm just imagining Rob you know, getting getting uh, Hunger Games style. Yeah, yeah. I want. Like, hey, go quit your job. The you last, gotta go the, in the okay, regular so the la- I, I need to clarify my <laughs> statement. My buddy Rob Buno, he played uh, guard and tackle in high school and, and D tackle. He's he's a rather wide lad, or he was. I think he's actually in pretty good shape right now. But anyway, last time I played bar league softball, slow pitch softball, he was there and he was our catcher, and. Um, a guy who was definitely trying too hard, he was wearing baseball pants for slow pitch softball, where we were drinking on the other dugout, came down the third baseline and tried to freaking truck him, and he ran into a brick wall and started a brawl. And I'm just imagining an average Joe Olympics where he gets picked out of the hat <laughs> yeah. and has to play. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that'd be so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing, and this is why I want it to be like legitimate average Just start Joe's punching like, Russians. <laughs> like, like give, give me flag football, but if you've ever participated in like a national tournament, you're also not allowed need, to go. The flag football where you need two girls on the team. Yeah. yeah. Co- I want to see Svetlana going deep on a nine route. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I want to see people's wives at the game getting disappointed when they lose. Oh, that's every oh league game, yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I swore, Every beer league game. I ever. swore very early in my life. First off, I hate slow pitch softball. I think it's boring and stupid. And, yeah, it's not that and, fun. And like I went You're from, only allowed three home runs. I went from being one of those guys who wore the baseball pants and shit, because I'm like, oh my baseball instincts, I'm gonna slide and rip my shit up to I don't give a fuck about this. Yeah. And the guys who wear baseball pants need to be shot. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then like cause those guys ruin it for me. Like I'm there to talk shit. To my own team, by the way. Right. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm here with my friends, man. I, I, yeah, I, bro, I've, I've had people come and watch me play slow pitch and be like, the best part of the game was you making fun of your own team. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Like, they all fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's part I, of the fun. Like, I am here slumming it in slow pitch softball, so I'm going to make fun of the fact that you swung and missed at a slow pitch softball. My, my like, one buddy, whenever he played slow pitch softball, or whenever I played with him, I should say, because I didn't play that often, but he would just hit it. 
and he would rip it right through uh, the shortstop third base gap, and then he would just go for home. He would never stop. And they would – oftentimes he would score because, because of slow-pitch softball. They'd throw it to where he was going, and he'd be gone, and then they'd throw it to where he was going, and he'd be gone. Yeah. And it was just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and, and the odds of them throwing somewhere accurately is slim. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, one of the, the last slow-pitch softball game I ever played in, I was playing third. And I was playing with, a, there were two guys on the team that played hardball with me at one point or another. And guy going first to third on a hit, ball comes into the shortstop, and this dude rounds third hard. So I look at my shortstop, I'm like, goody, bring it. Kid turns, wheels it to me. Dude stops dead and goes, fuck, takes off, <laughs> takes off for home. Right? So I pop my hips, I reach back, and I realize that I'm throwing a ball to a girl who isn't even positive what hand the glove goes on. <laughs> and I'm like... Shit. And this was when... Here comes a howitzer, baby. This is is when my arm was in probably the best shape it was ever in. I felt like I could throw the ball anywhere and hit a fucking tick's ass on a tree if I wanted to. And I'm like, fuck. So as I'm bringing this hand through, I just let up on it. Right? So I let it go high. Our first baseman, who was a girl who played softball, knew who was at home, saw the play, instinctually went to try to go cover. Ball goes over her head hits the pole, and ricochets straight back. Oh, no. In an attempt to avoid getting hit, she blew her ACL. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I went, like, I literally took my glove off, walked away as she's in a heap. I looked at my buddy, whose wife it was, and said, you're playing third the rest of the day, man. I'm done. <laughs> and he went, what? I'm like, I'm not playing this fucking sport anymore. Like, I, like my brain wants to go because I still play hardball. Like, my yeah. brain wants to go, and I, I can't. Like, I, I, like, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I was afraid someone was going to get hurt, and someone got hurt anyway. Like, by me trying to protect it, I'm, I'm yeah. out. I can't do it. And then every time I go, like, if I would see, like, somebody playing slow pitch, I'm just like, you're all a bunch of fucking idiots. I hate all of you. <laughs> and then I see guys, like, there's, like, seven dudes in this area that end up in every single championship picture from yeah. every single league on every single. I'm yeah. like, how did you play two championships at 7 p.m., one in Niagara Falls, one in Hamburg? Like, how <laughs> the fuck did that happen? Ben, you got any hot takes that you uh, came up with? No. I did. It's not really a hot take. It's, it's one a, that's been going take. around uh, Twitter, you know. Um, but I, I think Atlanta is going to get their hockey team back and make the playoffs before the Sabres. Yeah, it's been – last time we made playoffs, Atlanta had a hockey team. That's fucked up. Yeah, and they're going to get another team. Are they? <laughs> yeah, now, here's um, a question. Do the you, expansion uh, – uh, Utah and Atlanta. Utah and Atlanta. I, I was going to say, I heard Utah. Yeah. They, I, I, and we've said I, it before on here. I don't think they'd want to do another one at a time thing. I yeah. think it would be bringing one in the east and one in the west. Yep. But Makes like sense. the fact that Atlanta is, <laughs> this is their third hockey team. But Atlanta would help so much with the divisions because the fact that Florida and Tampa play Ottawa, Buffalo, Boston, yep. is hilarious and stupid. Because now you can at least go like. Washington, Carolina, and this, Atlanta, and the Florida this would team. Also There's be, five in a division. This would also you know? be the first 34-team league out of the big four. I mean... Now, do we think Arizona moves? No. I think Really? It's I getting think, quite contentious. I, I think that NHL really wants to keep them in Arizona. Yeah, they have. But it's getting to the point where they're even saying it's not worth it. The, own, the ownership... Does, it doesn't matter who the ownership is. Nobody can get a rink deal done. Nobody can give them the, the friggin' numbers, accounting-wise, that, that are actually legit. I mean, the last arena they had before borrowing Arizona State's, they got locked out of because yeah. they didn't pay the lease. Which is hilarious. But also sad. And it's, it's getting to the point yeah, where I don't think that – I mean, look, well, Batman clearly wants it, but they got Vegas in the desert now. And it's, it's also – And they love like, hockey there. Yep. It's also because even NHL, if they don't man, have like, fans, like there's just people who go there, like yeah, fuck yeah, let's go yeah. watch hockey. The, the NHL is such a shit league at like operations, operations, marketing, the whole bang bang. Did you know that there was an outdoor game yesterday, Josh? Nope. Yep. Okay, there it is. No, does it, do you there's know one that today. Ones today. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't know that. I think it's going on right now, actually. Yeah. Oh, shit. As yeah. we speak, yeah, they're uh, playing outdoor. The best person, the best, the best part of it is stadium series, and they market it as in being in New Jersey. <laughs> because it's in East Rutherford. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they got like the logo has got like the New Jersey state line around it. it says Jersey. Oh, it's that beautiful. is terrific. The NHL, the NHL is fantastic at marketing and fucking <laughs> <laughs> better than any other league. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, no, no, but see, they, and, they and that's, that's an all time bungle for me too. And, and the player safety, um, the roughing this year 
especially it's has been horrendous. Yeah. The, there was a just just quick story. Um, <laughs> Sabers game, Greenway gets absolutely crushed by a stick, bleeding everywhere. Yeah, and they originally called. He was bending over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. bending over. So they called the as it should a double double minor f- because he's bleeding you, and you he drew got blood smashed in the face for high sticking, but because he was bent over. Um, now it doesn't here's count. here's one for you, Jazz. Just because this is this is a terrific mental gymnastics to go through that the refs had to go through. Name another league where a guy is falling down and or on the ground and he's not protected, including combat sports. Hmm. And he's not protected. Yep. The closest thing you'd come to is MMA. Closest, but even then, if you're if you have hand on ground, you can't be kicked. Correct. And. As you're going down, there's definitely rules about, you know, you can't come over the top with a hammer fist and go on the top of the yeah, head or the back, the back of the, of the head. head. So the closest thing is MMA. But because he was bending over, he's a defenseless player. You can just mash him in the face. And then good. so that this happens, right? And two, literally two days later, um, Allmark's playing in a game in Boston, and there's like, a goaltender interference like situation where he's guys crashing crease. He's, he's getting blown backwards, and while that happens, his stick happens to go up, catches the guy, gets called for a high, uh, high stick, gets fined by the league five thousand dollars because he was falling backwards, and, and in the process, happened to get him with his stick. By the way, that guy was also bent over, and, <laughs> and that so that and that's uh, that's coming from uh, Shanahan, right? Like he's the one that makes those rules. Mm-hmm. Who? Shanahan for the NHL. Brendan. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, he sucked. He he sucked for a long time with that stuff. Like, I don't. Again, I admittedly don't watch a ton of hockey, but I like I know damn well that if he's still the one making that call, like he yeah. has sucked for like a long time. Well, with it was Peros before that, and he was he was pretty bad. But yeah, yeah it has been Brendan Shanahan. But they're just they're kind of just making yeah, up so the, rules like, that's, as they I, go. I, that, that, that's why I call him Shanaban. Yeah. Because he's just like, no, suspension. And they're yeah. like. But even the, then, the suspensions, the, don't make, the, like, the suspensions don't make any sense. The fines don't make any sense. I mean. They make less sense saw, than the NFL. He, like, that's saying this is right. This is the NHL news, <laughs> and I'm sure you saw this, but the Ottawa guy who puts a clapper into the empty net and then yeah. gets a cross check to the face, and he gets five games for it. And it's just like, dude, how, you got your feelings hurt over an empty net goal and went for the guy's head. Like. All, there's plenty of Toronto fans who got really butthurt about it, but the whole point is like, all right, if you're going to talk about the hockey code, the hockey code is not after he scores the goal, you go and jump him and try to fucking take him out with your stick into the head. You go and you, you hit him hard or yeah. you go fight him. And then the next game he played, he's getting knee on knee and people are cheering it. It's like, that's still not hockey code is to right. go for the scumbag hit. Yeah. You're supposed to hit him hard and legally. Yes. Like, <laughs> and so I actually got into it on Twitter with somebody about that. That like because so, uh, some one of the one of the hockey outlets shared the the video, of, yeah. You know the the clapper and then the fucking scrum and everything, and they were like, "Oh, what, what's your opinion on this?" And I quote tweeted it. I was like, "One clapper in the empty net, unfucking necessary." Listen, if, they, if hilarious but unnecessary. If that's putting a stamp on a series, I'm in. It was a season series, and they did go three and zero against the Leafs, and it's a rivalry. The rivalry Battle of Ontario. The rivalry is the only thing to me that changes that a little bit, like. Uh, like a playoff series stamp versus a series like I mean I mean I get you I get you but I'm just I'm just saying like definitely I'm a, I'm a big time yeah. and place guy like yeah. like you you hit a home run in a two two run ball game and a fucking matinee on a Tuesday in here's what I'll compare June, it to and you throw your bat to the moon you're a dick and you deserve to get hit here's what I'll compare it to because this just came to my mind when uh, we were playing the Dolphins at home in our red unis and it was kind of close and it was I believe it was the second game of the year and we had beat them in the first game and then Josh runs one in to go up like three scores late in the fourth and just chucks the ball as high into the stands as he can. Right. And it's like, was that necessary? No. Was it hilarious? Yes. Should the Dolphins be pissed about it? Probably. Yeah. And they probably came back and tried to hit him the next game. Probably. But they didn't go after him after he scored the touchdown and go for his knee. So my, my entire point on it was, you know, that was unnecessary. The response is expected regardless. Right. right. The cross check to the head crossed the line. Yes. Yeah. Like and that's, yeah, that that was that my simple. whole point. It's that simple. And I had somebody come after me about it and be like, "If you don't want to fucking rip in the clapper in the empty net, don't be in a position to lose." I'm like, "That's a shitty take." Yeah, that is that <laughs> like, is a shitty take. That's that's the classic. Well, if you didn't want to lose by forty, then maybe you should have stopped him. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, they're professionals. That's like the point of their job. They're getting right. paid to do this. And so like, I, I looked at the dude. I was like, to me, this is the equivalent of like, we're coming out in victory formation, and I throw a fucking touchdown yeah. for shits. Like James Winston at the end of the year getting his boy a tutty. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're coming out like, and at least they came out in a normal formation there. Yeah, like he just yeah, yeah, he changed right. the play you're in the huddle. Right. Like right. this is this is like we're kneeling it like yeah. on the and snap. Both guns. lines are going to stand up and just like put a hand on each other, and then like you take the two steps back, but you're like your receiver like stood up and then took off and he's wide open and you yeah. run in like that. To, like that's what yeah. that is to me. Yeah. Like. And it's just unnecessary. Like, listen, well, the goal is going to be scored anyway. Right. Just put it in the fucking net, man. Like, you don't yeah. need to try to put it through the back of the fucking twine. And we just went back and forth on it. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, you do something. Like, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You did something you didn't need to fucking do. The game's over, but you didn't need to fucking do that. So the dude responded. Body yeah. him up, and there's a scrum, and then we move on. But instead, you went for his head. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, like, that's the problem. I, I will say this, too, though. Like, Ridley Grieg, I believe is how you say it. Um is embracing that Brad Marchand role. He is being that rat, and he's scoring. He's, he's yeah. a rookie, so he's kind of trying to carve out his place in the league. And, again, just super on brand for that, for him to freaking rip home a clapper. Sure. And in front of the home crowd, again, rivalry, win the season series 3-0. And you know how Leafs fans get, because me and Ben, oh same way. Oh, good God. I mean, <laughs> they get so butthurt about the fact that they lose, or like if you beat them in the season series, it's like, oh well, we made the playoffs. Like they always go they're, they're to Cowboys like, fans. Yeah, they yeah. are. And the it's Cowboys. just so part of it. Part of it for me watching him do the clapper into the empty net was it was <laughs> against the Leafs. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. They get I, so not only the team but the fans get so butthurt about we, it that it can't, I can't help but watch. So and we laugh. we we went to the Sabers uh, Leafs game. And, Best experience of my life and. Like, that's the game that all the season ticket holders are like, I can make my money back if I sell my ticket right. and get a bunch of money because it's way too expensive for lease fans to actually go to their home arena. So, so they, they so make the trip. it's cheaper to go to Buffalo and So the markup the trip. is huge. You yeah. make your money, yeah. Yeah, so people are, are, are coming, and we're surrounded by lease fans. Yeah, even our boy who's a season ticket holder who sits next to us uh, sold him. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so we're, we are quite literally surrounded and we scored nine goals, and after every single goal, I, I stood up, started counting on my fingers, and there was a guy who was not thrilled uh, he was by, my, by my counting skills. Um, by seven, he, he wanted to throw hands. Like, he was like, fuck you, bud. Like, like you're fucking, you're a coward, you're a scumbag. And I'm like, dude, it's okay, it's just a game. But we also have seven. <laughs> it was it was terrific, and then the guys in front of us were great. Uh, the the it was like four buddies, and the one guy turns around after like we get our sixth goal, and he goes, "You know, this is my fiftieth birthday present for my friends, and we were really hoping for a good night, and the Leafs have been looking good, so this is going exactly how I expected to." <laughs> and we were just like, "Yo, I'm so sorry, buddy. Drive home safe, yeah. <laughs> safe, safe travels. Hopefully, you're staying the night, and you can drink it off." Yeah. Oh man! Terrific. That was a, that was an unbelievable experience. But it, man, I wish we could get that Sabers effort every time. And that's just one more thing about the Sabers because obviously we're just spitting on this podcast. Yeah. My God, they're selective showing up to games. When they play good teams, you see a different version of them every single time. Every time. It's either we're putting seven in the net or we're putting zero. Yeah, but even the Stars game, right? We saw yeah, them no. show up. That was, that was a game that we should have put seven. It just happened to be Jake Ottinger, <laughs> Jake Ottinger yeah. just getting 47 saves yeah. on, on a normal Tuesday night. Like, right. <laughs> like okay. I can't, like, but again, that's against one of the, the best teams in the league. And then, you know, they go and play freaking Montreal, Detroit, and Ottawa. And it's like, oh, God, what are you guys doing? Like, did you think it was a night off? Right. And it's just so selective. All right, boys. We are at the end here. So... Uh, around the horn style. Last word. Ben, you can go first. Last word on the podcast. Last word. Last word. Last thought, last take. Whatever you want to say, the floor is yours. Hmm. Damn, I'm going to put on the spot here. Sure. All right, I got, I got a couple here. <laughs> okay. Dane Smith is going to go down as the greatest indoor lacrosse player of all time. Go Bills. And Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl before Joe Burrow. Ooh, all right. Love that. All right. I was going to say something about the bands, too. Paul, Paul, Paul Rabel, known uh, bands no player. Bands player. <laughs> no bands player. Oh, God. Uh, no, any, um, bandits are going to win at least five or six before we, we see a Sabres or Bills one. 
a Sabres or Bills one? You're saying we got to yeah. wait five or six more years for a Bills? Yikes. Fuck you. That's why I'm folding this goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> Bold claim Ben. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Bold claim Ben coming in hot. Uh, five or six? Wow. No, like they're going to get their fifth. Oh, uh, six. Not not five or six more. So one or two more champions. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have said that. Yeah. Because yeah. we were thinking that you they were going to win five or six more before the Sabres or Bills <laughs> no, get one. No. Which means we're probably not watching Joshua win one at that point. <laughs> no, yeah, right? no. Jesus. They're, they're not going five or six straight by any means. Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, my last word, first and foremost, thank both of you for coming to, to do the, the one for the road, yeah, yeah. the last ride of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. End of an era. End of an era. Uh, shout out to the Stat Dad, Austin, and T-Wave, who's been on the show far less often recently, but since day one. Uh, this was something him and I started to do. Brought in Matt. Matt stepped back. Then I brought in Austin. Then I brought in you guys. It's been a fucking got, riot. Got the college boys for got a little bit. The college bit boys for a little bit. We had the, uh, the, the college takeover series last spring uh, coming from the Dirty Elf, which your podcast fell the fuck off. Oh, it sure did. Um, nice, <laughs> nice four episode run. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what episode Thanks, number Corey. this is. Um, but you know, this is this has been a lot of fun uh, for everyone who's tuned in over the years. At one point, we were averaging like twenty thousand listeners a month. It was fucking insane. Uh, I'm a little mad we couldn't turn a sponsorship out of that, but it is what it is. We were doing it for fun for the most part. Um, go Bills! I hope the fucking Sabers turn around. Go Bandits! Uh, and again, for everyone who's tuned in over the years, I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, one last time, for the last time on this show, go Bills! Thanks for tuning in, and go Bills! Go Bills!